Welcome to the Purpose Cycle Podcast. This podcast helps you unlock the secrets to success. Welcome to Season 3. Here is what we've got in store for you today. Saying about, you know, make your bed in the morning. You have to, you know, if you're locked down, make your bed. You've got to make sure you've got your routine and it starts off with that. Then you can roll into the next thing and the next thing. You, you make mistakes, learn from it, you get your feedback, you move on, you know, you apply, you, you know, you just continue that and, you know, don't be afraid to try things differently. I think, but just in, in the way that self-talk and the way that you allow yourself to sort of speak to yourself within your own head, and I know everybody does it, we put ourselves down and it's it's not necessarily the best way to be, so I think, I think that's something I've learned. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the New Year's episode of the Purpose Cycle Podcast. Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, today, this week, we've got two special guests, two friends of mine, both previous podcast guests, and the first two to make a second appearance on the podcast. I've got Rob. How are you doing, Rob? Very well, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, great, thank you. Also joined uh, by Alex. Alex, how are you doing? Yeah, good, you? Yeah, excellent. Yeah, I've been looking forward to it, honestly. New Year, uh, I wanted to try and get this... Uh, show more regularly and I think it'd be good to just have a chat about what's gone by and then look forward to what's yet to come so um, first of all we're going to start off Rob by just asking you 2021 uh, an interesting year a year that we thought things would clear up but things probably you know in terms of what we couldn't control remain quite the same but what changed you in 2021 and what did you change? Well first of all I think it's been exactly a year since our podcast so this is probably perfect timing to have a catch up, um, but yeah, it, just in general, I'd say obviously had to be a bit more patient. I haven't been able to do the things I've wanted to do necessarily all of the time. We went through a lockdown at the beginning of last year, didn't we? That lasted until about April, I think. Um, couldn't go to the gym, couldn't do much traveling last year, just had to stay in the UK. But being just being more patient in general, I think, is, is probably the main thing that I've learned just not letting things get to me as much, not being stressed out. and yeah, just uh, just relaxing and realizing it's a it's a bigger process. You can't necessarily control all of the factors that are external. So, yeah, yeah. So a lot of it's been internal, right? So you've been sort of looking at you, your own dialogue with yourself and thinking like, what can I do to make sure that I'm at my optimum rather than thinking about what the environment does for me? Yeah, it's adapting as well. I think obviously I couldn't go to the gym for four months of the year, so you have to find other ways to to adapt and to work out at home and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think that's certainly been something that I've been working on and just not letting things get to me as much. I think the first lockdown got to me a lot worse than the second one, to be honest with you, just letting it get to my head and uh, mental health-wise. But this year has just been a lot better for me in general. Yeah, and uh, Alex, handing that over to you then. So, like, what kind of things have you changed? What systems have you put in? Um. I think uh, I agree with what Robbie said about patience, you know, like we've all had to learn a degree of that really. Um, but also like, I think just keep going, just that, um, you know, trying to maintain what you're doing um, and just rest assured that, you know, you'll get there and like try not to pressurize yourself all the time, you know, um, because, if you, if you do that, you're adding stress to yourself as well as the stress of everything that was going on. So mm. I just sort of tried to go through the motions when it came to like getting through days and things, you know, because you're worried about your safety. So you sort of become focused on your safety rather than doing it and much else. Mm. But of course, it was a big year for us all, wasn't it? You know, we've got we've had many weddings and and stag do's and whatnot, and it was just um, you know about us enjoying those moments where we can and, you know, relishing yeah. those moments and, you know, being appreciative of that, um, you know, whilst doing the right thing. Yeah, life went on, right? So we had to kind of like, yes, be paid, like sort of, I think more trust, isn't it? Like trust that, you know, things will, will come through at, at the other side. But we had to, you know, think about, well, we have got things coming up. Now, if the uh, government didn't stop us, thankfully, you know, obviously for yourself second time round for, the, your wedding so yeah you, you know you were able to move on and you you controlled what you could um I, i'm interested to hear about both of you and your opinions on what you put into your mind during this year because for me one of the most negative things i've found is the news 
and how negative the news is. Um, and it's something that my partner and I have watched every day, like for like a, uh, two years now, because there's always the update. You're waiting for the update. You're waiting to hear what Boris has to say or whatnot. But but it's actually quite toxic. Uh, we found like Sarah still watches it. I've kind of drifted away from the news because I feel like I'm just feeling down. I'm leaving the house down because straight away, as soon as the news comes on, there's more deaths. This is happening. Yeah. We can't can't go anywhere. What? Uh, we'll go to you first, Rob. The news, what, what, and and other things that you put into into your mind as well. You know what you read and in, in, on your phone and what you listen to on podcasts. What what have you what have you made of that? Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say I've been avoiding the news altogether. Obviously, that they are the the uh, sort of six o'clock bulletins that Boris has been doing. You have to sort of pay attention to that and see what the rules are. But in general, I'd say I have avoided tabloids and anything that's just sensationalising sort of. The news just to make more money, and yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily buy or pay attention to any of that sort of stuff because I do think a lot of it is, is just made up and uh, or over exaggerated, shall we say? So yeah, just staying away from that and just like peace of mind, I think is it, better when you sort of keep away from all of that. I know a lot of people yeah. that have been affected by it and and sort of keep themselves to themselves as much as they can, which is fair enough. You know, if you're entitled to do what you think is best. But for me yeah. personally, I think avoiding that sort of, like I say, sensationalism or, or like, yeah, over-exaggerating the news, I think, is uh, is something that's helped me. Yeah, negativity, isn't it? Just spread. And, and obviously, then you go on to Facebook and then you've got all the Facebook doctors. So they're like, <laughs> right, this is, ha- you know, or I'm anti-vax yeah. because of this. Or, and it's like all, all on Facebook and you're just thinking, why am I, like, subjecting myself to all of this negativity when, like you said, being peace of mind, I can just get on with my life uh, in what way I can and what allows me to without actually having to think about all of this sort of stuff going on, Alex. What what about, well, you know, what, what sort of things have you sort of come across and have you have you avoided them or because you said obviously, you know, you're wanting to stay safe. There's that kind of balance. You want to, like Rob said, check in with the news, want to know what the rules are, but at the same time, you don't want to just be thinking about the environment all the time, do you? Well, Certainly for a long time I was watching the daily bulletins, but then um, I kind of drifted away from that. Um, and at, at one point I was daily checking the, I don't know if you've both seen it, you know, the weldometers. Hmm, you've yeah. been on them with the, with the basically, they had all the COVID statistics for the globe. And at one point I was checking that every day and, and it got to the point where I was thinking, what, why? Why am I doing that? Like, what am I gaining? Um, didn't really know why. But in the end, I sort of drifted away from that. And I, I just sort of, I thought, control, like we mentioned it earlier, control the controllables, you know, do what yeah. I can do. Um, you know, make sure I'm washing my hands, make sure I'm keeping my distance um, and being doing the responsible thing. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've kind of especially even more recently with all the goings on with Boris and all the scandals and stuff. I don't, I'm losing a lot of trust with the government and, um, you know, by association losing trust with the media because I think they have a big part to play in politics. But I think, you know, that I think they're all in some way um, a bit behind Boris and, you know, I'm not, I don't think the papers should be like that, but unfortunately in this country they are. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, and a lot of things are put out there for clickbait. So yeah, it's really important. I'm sure there's a lot of people resonating with what what we've all said, really, in, in to open up with uh, as their thoughts of last year. And really, for us, we're trying to sort of talk things out and say, right, well, this is we've experienced this too. You're not the only one. So what can we do then to sort of make it more of an optimistic outlook, more of an optimistic year? Um, I'll I'll start off by saying that like, obviously I have disconnected from the news, but I'm trying to ingest as much positive content as possible because rather than just going on my phone and scrolling endlessly, I'm looking for a reason now. So you're looking at you know your, your videos from I know Rob and I are big fans of your Jordan Petersons. Uh, yeah. I'm looking at you know people who are inspiring and that can get me off my backside and out there and making that routine. I think I saw something. It wasn't David Goggins, but it was someone around that area. And he was saying about, you know, make your bed in the morning. You have to, you know, if you're locked down, make your bed. You've got to make sure you've got your routine. It starts off with that. 
then you can roll into the next thing and the next thing. So, so Rob, what sort of things have you been trying to do to gain that optimism? I think you've covered most of everything I was just about to say. <laughs> I agree with you in regards to just watching uh, inspirational people on YouTube, reading their books. Um, yeah, just keeping an eye out for that type of thing. I think that'll help you get through. And routine is massive. I know John Peterson talks about it a lot. Uh, a lot of psychologists talk about it. I think it is really, really good for your mental health to just have a, a solid routine. Get up at the same time every day, go to bed at roughly the same time every day and, mm. and you know, follow through with your eating habits and, and obviously going to the gym and everything like that. So, yeah, I think getting into a routine is massive. Huge for me anyway. Yeah, like I feel, I feel like almost for many people, COVID held this kind of mirror up uh, to everybody because it was – you spent a lot of time – like in like confiding in your own sort of space and and yourself so you, you had a lot of time with your thoughts and and like i know that i went through a kind of like transformational process of thinking I, i'm there's a few things i'm not quite doing that i like here so i need to look at doing x y and z to improve um sometimes that's quite a difficult thing to do because you don't you don't really like the truth sometimes it can be quite you know a daunting prospect but being able to ingest, you say you are what you eat. Well, you are what you ingest mentally as well. So being able to read the right things, listen to the right things is really good. Alex, what kind of sort of, you're going through a transformational process now because you're transforming into, uh, you know, a, a lifelong goal, if you will. What kind of things are you looking to change into 2022? I think that the main one for me is um, waste, like waste time. Um, a lot of people around me say I'm on my phone a lot and it's something that I'm aware of. Um, it's also something that I want to combat and I'm actively looking to do that. So luckily I've got an iPhone and with that you can put a limit on how much time that you spend on it. Um, so yeah. I've, I've set myself that limit and the, the only problem I've got is it's a bit too easy to break because you can say ignore limit and then it yeah. just does it like self-discipline yeah it's almost like i need it to go ignore limit if you don't you'll get stabbed do you know what i mean <laughs> which might be a bit really better, put the but, pressure on yeah but um yeah so just things like that really like you know i'm a bit of a procrastinator um and you know now more than ever because I'll, I'll be doing effectively two jobs really um i'm gonna need to manage my time a lot better and not just sit around and waste on my phone. Um, I'm going to have to focus on getting my exercise in when I can. And like Robbie yes. says, do, do the, find those times to do your health goals and stuff and eat the right stuff. And, you know, that's that's the summary, really, just not to waste yeah. time. You know, use the time I've got to, you know, to make it golden. Yeah, it's like active rest, right? Because, you know, mm. if, you, if you're having that toxic rest of, of you know, eating takeaways or going on your phone or, or going on your Xbox, whatever you've got at home, you can kind of like not feel recovered because I suppose if a lot of people who work shifts might get, you know, like the, you know, a day off where they can just go on Xbox all night and then go to bed at 3am, wake up the next day and think, well, I don't even feel rested. Um, and I suppose that's, you know, a big one for people. Some people are now filtering back to working at home because I know that's been kind of a thing for many people, making sure that they get that routine back in. And a lot of people first lockdown did a lot of 5Ks, things like that. We're not asking you to go and move mountains, but maybe think about that time at home being quality, drinking water, you know, having that nutrition. Uh, you know more about this than me, Alex. You know, having that nutrition, I suppose, really does build the the person um, as a platform before anything else. Because I was quite a, fa a big fan of, I could, I could just exercise it off. I'll burn it off. I'll feel better after exercising. But you'll know more than me. Nutrition's a, a massive part of it. Yeah, definitely. And, I'm someone who, who, you know, I go through phases. I go up through ups and downs, and you can really, if you, if you take the time to sort of assess how your energy is and what your mental state of mind is, you can sort of think back and think, what I've I've eaten rubbish this week. It's no wonder I'm feeling lethargic. It's no wonder my motivation's low. And then if you start to, you know, change those cogs of thinking and you know make those better decisions, you. You know, you're making better steps to, you know, your future. Um, so yeah, totally get what you're coming, get where you're coming from, and you know, you can see it day in day out. Like today, I'm feeling good. I've had loads of, you know, funky teas. I've had a blood orange and turmeric tea. I've had a green tea. I ain't had any, you know, 
chocolate or sweets or anything like that, you know, and I'm, I'm feeling good. But, you know, I might have a pack of fruit pastels later, but it's all about balance, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, so Rob, obviously, like, people who listen to this podcast will be fans of self-development and wanting to help themselves. And, and you mentioned it before about it taking a bit of a toll uh, the last year at, at points in your mental health thing. So people being in, like, their lowest step, what kind of things do you do to get out of it? Because a lot of people will probably feel stuck, right? They'll probably think, well, I don't want to waste the NHS's time because they're overwhelmed. I can't really feel like I can speak to my friends because they're going through the same thing, but their life on Instagram looks incredible. So, you know, and maybe it's a difficult conversation to have, you know, with your partner because you've never really spoken about that before. There's lots of different factors, right? Well, by many, especially, many, especially keep it to themselves. So what can people do to sort of begin that transformational process? Yeah, there are, there are a lot of factors. I think you sent me something recently um, in regards to not comparing yourself to others. Pretty sure it was yourself that sent me uh, an interview where they were, they were essentially saying, you know, stay off social media. I think that sort of links in with what Alex has said as well in regards to not being on your phone all the time. Because if you're constantly looking on Twitter, Instagram or whatever, looking at other people's lives and comparing your own to theirs, it's just not a realistic goal. So I think staying away from that and just measuring yourself against yourself is, is probably the best best thing I can do. Um, and also being disciplined in general, you know, not just necessarily fitness-wise and healthy eating and everything, but just in, in the way that self-talk and the way that you allow yourself to sort of speak to yourself within your own head. And I know everybody does it. We put ourselves down and it's it's not necessarily the best way to be. So I think I think that's something I've learned over the last sort of year and a half. We're, natu- we're naturally really critical, aren't we? And, and like when you're speaking now, it makes me think, why, you know, why can't I listen to this podcast that I'm recording as an 18-year-old? Yeah. Like, you know, I I was really horrendous for comparing myself to people probably from, not even from 18, probably from about, you know, middle of, of secondary school. We all grew up together, so we've been through it all together. But that sort of like, even when at school, there's there's like, you compare yourself to the more popular kids or you, yeah. you sort of leave to sixth form and there's, you know, someone who goes and gets a job and gets a bit of money and you're thinking, oh, the straight A students are... Um, sixth form university whatever it is you know there's always comparisons you kind of like naturally pull yourself towards a social situation think i want to be more like that but why do you think that happens why do you think people gravitate towards that alex is that something that you have any experience of before before i answer that john i've got a little question for you just based on what you said um so there'd probably be you know, there'll probably be some listeners out there who knew knew us or knew of you like years ago. Um, and now they're probably looking at you thinking, wow, this guy's done well. You know, he's got a lovely house, you know, a lovely wife. Um, he's also, you know, now a number one bestseller on Amazon. Um, and they're, they're probably comparing themselves to you. What would you, what would your message be to them? Um, I think... I think it's probably stems from you want to strive. So if you're an ambitious person, you're probably going to begin your journey by comparing yourself to other people because you've naturally got no basis or metric to go off, right? So you're thinking, well, I, I want to better myself, but I don't know how. So if you're quite ambitious, you probably, as a kid, watch football and see someone score a winning goal and think, wow, look at that glory. It looks amazing. Or, you know, look at them playing for England. So you start to compare from quite an early age. So there needs to be a point where you you need to be taught or you need to discover yourself about your own metric and your own sort of situation and and what is your average. Because if if you just read that out to David Beckham, for example, he'd call that a really crap day at the office. (laughs) And uh, that's just (laughs) how he is because that's what he's operating on. But, but what we've got to think about is what's our average and what can we do to, to do well? And then that becomes the new norm and then we can look to climb up again. But we kind of look at the end result. Or, I mean, especially now it's more dangerous because there's people on Instagram who are hiring Range Rovers to take pictures with or Ferraris or Lamborghinis, whatever it is, and they hand them back at the end of the day. And you just think it's so dangerous, man, because kids don't know that kids don't know that they 
they have their own standards that they should adhere to and they beat themselves up like like you both said really we're quite harsh we're quite harsh on ourselves as uh, as people anyway by human nature extra harsh probably when you're young so probably to those people i'd say yeah like i was probably more from that toxic aspiration side of envy or jealousy rather than ambition and drive um because with ambition and drive you don't beat yourself up you, you go i'm on the way i'm on the way and i'll get there but when you're envy or jealous you go you're a bit of a victim aren't you you're like why can't i have that that's not fair they grew up in a nice house like they got loads of money you know they've they've had a good start they've had a head start to me but you know you can't you got to just deal with what you get dealt with and and go from there like it yeah I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, mate, definitely. I think that was uh, that was spot on. It's yeah, it is. It's it's crazy. You learn a lot of lessons, don't you? Like when you're growing up, you, you sort of you do kind of. I think it's all about making failures, but like in a good way, because you are going to make a lot of mistakes and a lot of failures. But that's the whole point. But what you don't realize is you think it's the end of the world. So like, there's been times where. You know, I, I mean, I did get job interviews. I, I could not get a job interview anywhere. And uh, you've probably all found it when you're going for your first job and they go, well, what's your experience? And you go, well, it's my first job. You know, I haven't got any experience. Well, sorry, you need experience. And you think, well, why do I need experience to jump in at the lowest entry point? Like, where do I start? You know, mm. so so it's um, you don't get told really to embrace the failures. You sort of think, I didn't get the job. A girl broke up with me, uh, whatever it was. You know, I've embarrassed myself at college. It's the end of the world. But there's always another day, ain't they? So kind of what what lessons have you, you could say, probably through the last year or, or even just on your way sort of through your late teens, early 20s, what, what lessons would you say are the most valuable that you'd probably tell a 18-year-old Rob and 18-year-old Alex listens to his podcast right now, uh, Rob. Yeah, you've covered off quite a lot there, to be fair, mate. I think, um, no, I, I think you're absolutely spot on. I think, like I say, measuring yourself against yourself, so easy to be jealous of other people and to be envious, but to actually focus on yourself and just be the best possible version of yourself that you can be, I think that's the answer. So just working on whatever's important to you. I mean, recently I've found investing is something I really enjoy. A lot of people probably aren't into it, but I wish I'd have done it years ago, to be honest with you. So I'd be mm. really rich now. Um, yeah. So I wish I'd have done that when I was 18, you know, but I haven't, and I've learned about it later, probably because of technology, because of things like tools like YouTube. I'm learning more and more about it every day. I'm reading books on it and something I really enjoy. And it's something that I'll take into the future, but you can't be hard on yourself. You didn't know about these things when you were younger. You just find them along the way. So that's, I think that's important to remember. Yeah. Um, you kind of, it, it's all about discovery and you kind of think, well, oh, I wish I knew this earlier, but the, the point is, you know it now. So that's a great way of putting it. You can carry on, you can carry on with what you're doing and, and take it. You know, you can't, can't go back in time. Can we, Alex, what about you? I think uh, I'd echo what you say about mistakes. Like, I was very afraid of making mistakes, so I just I wouldn't leap out there. But as you get older, you sort of go, right, well, now nah, maybe I'll try that and I'll try this and I'll do that do that differently. And if it doesn't work, then I can learn from it. And, hmm. you know, it's that, it's that cycle, isn't it? You know, this, this, you love the cycle, don't you, John? Pepper cycle. Yeah, <laughs> it's just that cycle. Yeah. <laughs> like you do. You learn, like you you make mistakes, you learn from it, you get your feedback, you move on, you know, you apply, you you know, you just continue that and you know, don't be afraid to try things differently and you know, and, and you know, research something else or whatever and learn something new. Mm. So yeah, it's I guess just like like we've all said, it's, it's, and that, and that, a little bit of competition is healthy. Like a little bit of competition is good, but when when we we've talked about being really harsh, when you're actually putting yourself down, you're like you you know you shouldn't be doing that. But it's it's easy for us to say in it. Like I think that the difficulty I have and I always have have is you know I could listen to the most inspirational thing, but it's about applying it. You know I could I could listen to Mark Robbins or you know like you say Jordan Peterson, but then I'll go away and it's it's just like learning how to. You know, actually act on it and, and make that part of your life. 
Yeah, uh, it is. It's the discipline, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. I, I hate the term motivational speakers because you do get that shot of adrenaline for a couple of days. You're like, let's go, and you just want to smash everything. But you often can burn out from that as well because you just go hard straight away, and then you're thinking, well, I've actually, I'm, I'm ran out, I'm gassed out here. So it's about building the, the habits, isn't it? It's all about habits. One of the best books I've read over the past two years is that Atomic Habits by James Clear. And if any of you want to borrow it, honestly, after you've read The Purpose Cycle, uh, you can borrow Atomic Habits because it's such a good book. It just builds up that system that you've got and it's not trying to motivate you. It's like, right, this is the step that you need to take. Like, and then this is the next step that you need to take. And it's brilliant. But I like what you said about um, learning things all the time, Alex, as well. And uh, I interviewed a guy yesterday for, for next week's podcast uh, coming out for those listening, he's called Alfie Wattam. He was uh, he was on Britain's Got Talent, actually. He's, a, he's an entrepreneur. Uh, he's only 25 years old, but he's probably said one of the wisest things I've ever heard. He said, I want to be a sponge, so I aim to be the dumbest person in every room I walk in. And I was like, well, that's pretty cool, that. Like, to think he wants to make sure that he surrounds himself with people who are so smart that he's learning off. He wants to, he's not too proud to call himself the dumbest person in the room. So, like, that's obviously, I'm relating it back to your sort of changes, Alex, that you're going through in your career. That's going to be the case for you. Like, on day one, you're going to walk in and be the new guy. And you're going to, it's how exciting is that to kind of think, I get to learn so much now. And you can embrace the mistakes that you might make along the way, but maybe a 22-year-old Alex might not have been able to do that. So how does that feel? Yeah, it's it's both nerve-wracking and you know a little bit exciting at the same time it's a plethora of emotions really um yeah definitely now i'm a bit older i'm more ready for it um i think like everything happens for a reason and you know the the sort of opportunity i've got now i feel like it's a bit like what we both said um i remember it vividly on my wedding day you looking at me thinking how are you so calm and then you sort of was in that same mindset and we we both sort of said like we are exactly where we need to be right now um and that's how i feel yeah about this you know this is my time to to do this and surround myself with these people um and learn off them i really like that like to be the dumbest person in the room because often again it comes back to that competition if we know something we can be the first to jump in Mm. And sort of, I, certainly as part of my personality, I like to own a room. But maybe as part of my growing up, I'm learning that I don't have to own every room. I could maybe learn more off the room than just, yeah. Yeah. You know I mean? Society kind of like tells us to want to become the smartest person in the room. But if you're always making yourself that dumbest person in the room, you're going to pick up something. Um, I think it was Tony Robbins who said, success leaves clues. So it's about picking up from those people. Be really interesting to know, Rob. Um, when did you kind of get into personal development? Because we speak about it quite a lot now, but we never spoke about it when we were younger. So it's quite interesting to to see. Like, have we both been on this kind of journey for a while, and then just started sharing ideas, or is it something that you've only picked up recently? Yeah, I'm not entirely sure where it started. To be honest, where where the inspiration sort of came from. I think we have a lot of conversations. Um, every now and then and we, we discuss it and maybe it's come from that. sharing ideas is always good I was about to ask you a question myself actually in regards to your book and just yeah. you've mentioned a few different books and, and sort of your inspiration towards writing your own book but I was just wondering sort of the teachings have you have you taken different different teachings and ideas and concepts from different books that you've read and sort of inspirational figures and then sort yeah. of more to your own your own book yeah, so the idea came when I was writing a, a speech for my last year's class, when uh, two years ago actually now, when they were moving on to secondary school. I was talking about the, I wanted to give them a bit of advice about the seasons of life that they go through, because it, it is a bit like you do go through the seasons a little bit, and the seasons come around every year, but the seasons of like your life journey can come around at any point. You might go through a learning stage, you might go through a bit of a, a stage of realization where the failures happen or the, the obstacles happen but there's the other side it always comes out i think it was the abraham lincoln quote is this too shall pass so whether you win or you lose basically this too shall pass it will it will happen it'll go and 
you know, something else will happen the next day. So that kind of came from it. I started writing only because I was a, quite a reluctant reader. And for my job, really, that's quite bad. You need to be a good reader. I used to listen to a lot of audiobooks because I know Alex did, and he, he, he kind of got me into that. But because I started reading, I started reading because I couldn't go out much. Like you said about the gym, and it was really affecting me mentally because I love exercise, and I feel like that's the way to feel good. So I needed to start exercising my brain because that's something I've not done before. So I was like, right, every night before I go to sleep, I'll read. Because if I don't, I'll be on call of duty till two in the morning because I've got nothing else to do. And I knew that was toxic. So I sort of whipped myself in shape. And reading all these books was massive because you kind of then start motoring through them because you get hungry for more. And getting this information, it's really difficult at first because when you think, I, I see these ideas and I, I turn to my wife and I'm like, look, 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 look at this. It's like, yeah, okay. Like It's like I'm getting too enthusiastic and I, I want to chuck books at people and be like, read that, read that, because you're like, wow, where has this come from? But it's not like it's hidden. If you go on Amazon, you can find the right book. You know, everyone's, it's a bit like, I suppose it's a bit like um, like a drink. Everyone's got a drink that they like. You know, everyone's got a book that they like. You just might not have found the right one yet. But the reasons why I had to use a lot of it in my book was because speaking with the publishers when I was writing, they were like, well, you know, a lot of people, like Ant Middleton, for example, right, is a TV personality, former SAS soldier. So he's got experience. He can talk about he's a public figure, so people listen to him when he speaks. Well, who's going to listen to John Tucker from Hull? Like, I've not done anything, like, so I need to have research to back it up. So I've referenced everything to the, the books. I've given the, you know, the research is there. I'll talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I've done, like, the research behind the book because, I mean, despite being a really bad university student and being really poor at it, I've managed to kind of learn as I got older to do the right research, to reference it properly, to be able to find it and utilise it. So it's all there for people to sort of delve into. And the good thing is, I suppose once you finish my book, you've got there's a there's a range in the um, appendices section of books that you can just go. Oh, I'll I'll go to that and not just books, podcasts. Um, the high performance podcast, if you've heard of that one with Jay Humphrey, uh, that's yeah. really good. Um, James Smith PT, James Smith podcast. There's loads, there's loads, but there's some of the the main ones. And Stephen Bartlett, Diary of a CEO. So there's loads of podcasts, there's loads of books, but. Again, taking in as much information as possible. I find it. I've, I got rid of my PlayStation because I thought this is what I need to be doing, rather than mm -hmm. being so on that. Yeah, yeah. streamlining. Because I, I have a bit of an addictive personality, and we'll probably delve into this a little bit now. Like, as I mean, I, I have that kind of personality where if I can channel it correctly, I will be like running four or five days a week, or I'll be reading every night. But I have to like become obsessed with it. I could get obsessed with PlayStation quite easily or, you know, if I started having, I mean, I think it was the beginning of lockdown, the first lockdown where we everyone was doing Zoom quizzes, weren't they? So I was like, oh, just get, I'll go and get another crit. And, and I was just like, it was so unhealthy. And like, then you're like, so uh, quiz starts at seven. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll crack open a beer at six or five. And then you're like, well, you know, that's how the habit, that's how you quickly tumble. So you got to kind of at one point go, right, that's not good. And like you, you snap yourself into shape and suppose that again, self-talk, isn't it? It's so huge. Um, you know, has anybody else got that kind of personality? Alex, are you, are you kind of like similar kind of obsession way or have you managed to sort of like, do you have that in a dialogue with yourself? Yeah, I'd probably say I'm similar in that like, if, if I, I've got an addictive personality. So like if I, like my phone, like I'm addicted to my phone, and like it, it's annoying. Like I just, I don't know why I do it. I, I like I check, I check my bank account like eight times a day. Like it's not, mm. I ain't spent anything. So why am I doing that? Like it's just, it's just weird. Um, and I, you know, it's, it's like you with PlayStation. I ain't been on that for like two years. I've still got mine, but it's just, you know, it's. it's yeah, it's just addictive. But like, like you say, once if if I channel and I've got a real direction and a goal, like I can achieve it. Like when I got told, I went for a medical for the fire service at one point, and and in that medical, I had to do a 
um, what's a VO2 max test, and they literally told me, you have failed your VO2 max test. You got a score of, I can't remember, I think it was like 29, and you need like 42. So it was like a huge gap. And they said, you're probably not going to be able to like get that. You're probably not going to be able to achieve that score for at least six to nine months. But there are an opportunity came up for me to do it within three months. And in that three months, I had focused everything I had on to getting my VO2 max score up. And I got my VO2 max score up to 45 in the next test and passed. So like once mm. it's kind of like once someone like gives me that goal, or once I've decided that goal, like it's going to happen. Like it's, it's like, it's addictive. And like you, you sort of channel all your workings towards it. Yeah. That's in, it's a, it's crazy to think that he was told that as well. Like he was told that's probably not going to happen. This is, you know, this is quite hard to retain. So to be able to then, it's kind of, it's a good energy though, isn't it? Right. It's just to go, I'll show you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'll show you. I mean, it's kind of like it was the best thing they could have said. Like, yeah. Uh, don't ring us back for six months. Don't you, you see, this isn't going to happen. It's kind of like if they'd have said, oh, well, it might happen. Do you know what I mean? But it's kind of like the best thing they could have said to me was this isn't going to happen. And I'm like, no, do not say that to me. I will make this happen. I I literally, I went to the gym every day and went on that bike and like tried to replicate the test as much as possible. And then I got to the point where I thought I could do this test. I thought I'm going to train harder. So when I get to the test, the test is going to seem easy. And yeah. that it's weird how these you pick these little things up in life. Like I picked that up from Ian Dowie. Do you remember Ian Dowie? Yeah, manager of Hull City. Yeah. Like largely regarded as a complete failure of a manager of Hull City. I mean, it's <laughs> like he only had like six games or whatever. But I attended a um, an evening with him mm. in Cottingham in a, the um, supporters club dinner. It was at whatsoever in Cottingham, and. He said when he came to the club, like training was real, like lethargic and just sort of basic. And he said in his philosophy, his football philosophy, they should be training harder than games. So when it comes to game time, they can just focus on enjoying what they're doing and doing what they do best. You yeah. know, rather than if you're not training as hard as the games, yeah. Then, you're going to come to the game time and you're going to struggle and you're going to be out of breath and you're, like, you're going to make mistakes. So I kind of bought into that and I was like, whatever I do, if I can a achieve a, a standard that's higher than what I needed to, then the test or whatever, in this occasion, this example, will become easier. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can kind of like, I get like Rocky montage vibes from that as well. Like, just imagine <laughs> you're just going all out. Like it's a bit, Joe Rogan said, didn't he? He said, imagine if you want something to keep you accountable for a year, imagine as a documentary crew filming everything that you're doing for a year. And would you make the same decisions as what you're making now? Like, would you like, would you have your lie in? Would you skip the gym? If, if, if there's a camera crew on you watching your every move, I was like, that's quite a good way of doing it. Like, again, it's convincing yourself, isn't it? And, and like, you have to go for it. And, and I suppose again, making it harder for yourself, going through that struggle. Rob Rob likes Goggins as much as I do, I think. Having that struggle every day is the thing that kind of makes life a bit easier. Because life is tough. Yeah. So um, I want to talk to you, Rob, about your, your changes through your career because you left school and went into a job and then you you made like a, like a, a U-turn and was like, I want to go back into education because I've changed my mind. I want to do this. So like, first of all, what was that like? Was that quite brave? Because, I mean, I don't like you was already earning money, so you'd have to then go into education. So was that quite a brave move? Yeah, I think it, I just to put it to put it down to its bare bones. I think I'm just not willing to settle for second best. I'm just not satisfied unless I'm. I think I'm on the right path, and I knew within probably six months of that job that it wasn't the right job for me. I stuck at it for as long as I could and, you know, tried to make, make the decision to, to just give it a chance, really. I'll always see things out as best I can, but if, you know, if things aren't working out, you, you shouldn't really set up. You should. I think you should. You know, you must, for example, yourself, you must have that level of intrinsic motivation where, you know, 
most people wouldn't even dream of writing a book. They wouldn't even think about reading most books, to be honest with you. Um, and you've actually gone out there and, and done it. And so you must have a, you know, so, sort of a really high level of motivation compared to others to go out there and write your own book. It was more, I think it started as messages to myself because I knew that I was responding well to reading. So if I could write something that I'd read and follow, then I'd be all right. I'd be able to go there. Uh, kind of, I don't know. You kind of have a lot of factors, don't you? Throughout, um, you kind of you listen, you keep all the things. So I remember at a parents' evening for sixth form, our old PE teacher, Mr. Jackson, saying to me and Dad, he, "He ain't that academic, so I'd leave. I wouldn't go to uni. I'd get him to go into a trade." And I was like, I, I, "I, I overheard him talk to my dad," yeah. and I was like, "All right, that's fine." Okay, but we'll we'll see. And uh, and to be fair, I'd already done my exam, so he must have had an inkling of what my result was because I did fail my theory for PE. I got like an E, but I got an A star in practical, so I was all right. I got got me a C, got me to uni. But then I made sure for my anatomy exam, I got a first, the first one I did, because I was like, "You ain't winning, pal." Like this is, and it, you know what? He doesn't care. He, he he doesn't know my result. Like that's the most bizarre thing. Most people don't care, do they? It, it's you're like it's a bit like uh, if, has any of you seen the the Last Dance, the the Chicago Bulls documentary on Netflix? Michael oh, yeah. Jordan basically goes, I mean, he made this thing up about this opponent, didn't he? He's like, I took that personally, and then he made it a thing. And like the other guy was like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> and uh, it's a bit like that. You kind of like build a narrative, don't you? But a bit like like you said, Alex, that guy who probably said that to you about the VO2 max, like he probably doesn't care because it's not his problem. And that's like life is like we kind of build it up and we go, oh, I'll show him. But they're probably not that bothered. So it's all about like it. But sometimes you need to maybe create that to give yourself the drive. So yeah. it might be that kind of like I need to get back into it because you you went and studied business, didn't you, Rob? So, so was that with the ultimate aim of, of running your own business or is it just getting an understanding of how it works? Because the company you're in now, you seem like you're doing a, you know, a really good job and you're progressing well and, and that kind of thing. So is it understanding a new sector was what got you in there? Yeah, I think just going back to what you were just saying and what Alex said, I think it's, it's, it's great if you flip it. You're not necessarily worrying about what that person said. You've actually managed to change the scenario and, and sort of turn it into a positive because that's quite a negative thing that you've both heard. Um, but I do think that you've managed to yeah. sort of change that motivating factor, and you've you've used that as fuel to go out and achieve your goals. So I think that's brilliant. I think you know I think that's a testament to your characters and like you've obviously not curled up into a ball as I know a lot of people can do with negativity. You've used it. Yeah. That's the default mindset, isn't it? I think because comfort is, we gravitate to comfort. We like to sit down and have our pizza and stick the telly on and we like to lie in and we like to think the world is against us because, you know, COVID's keeping us down and it's doing this to us. We can't, you know, we can't do anything about it. But that's the default mindset being being negative. And like you said, curl into a ball. Oh, how, how difficult is the world? You know, it's all it's all going against me. But if you like what's the point then if you're just going to live like that like you might as well just become a couch potato and just let yeah let life pass you by if you want but I guarantee you when you hit later age you'll be like what on earth did i do like the world stopped still for two years but why, why did i because you know my my age didn't pause for two years you know you, you, we carry on don't we we can't we can't stand still because if we do, it's almost like moving backwards. So you have to take things into a positive approach because you don't you don't move forward otherwise. So I, I found it quite clear. I, I, to be fair, we'll talk about on this podcast. I had to really reevaluate. Like I was like looking at my circle. Uh, Alex and I have both made changes in that area, and I've looked about what I was putting into my own brain because it's not about everyone else at all. Like it can be your influences can be. Um, external but you have to think about what you're influencing yourself as well what am I doing that was difficult um, because you kind of have to get rid of your pride but but yeah and then you've got to flip it into a positive so you're like right well what am I going to do about it so reading I mean this year I've like, I've been like right what do I do next so I've put myself a, a 10 I've penciled in a 10k in June I'm going to try and aim for that so that's the next goal because it's got to you've got to keep moving on you so so like 
what about yourselves? You know, Rob, what what kind of things are you thinking? Right, that's the next thing. Or what what habits are, are you thinking? Twenty twenty two moving forward. What's the the big thing that you're thinking? Right, this is what I'm going to give it. Give a good go. Yeah, going into twenty twenty two, you've oh, every, everybody sets goals. Everybody's mm. got sort of their inspiration, aspirations for the year, rather. And I think I've done that in terms of everyone has a bad Christmas. We've all put weight on, if we're being honest. You know, we let ourselves go. But it's just getting back to that routine and putting that discipline in. Getting back to the gym. I've not been to the gym for a few weeks, so it hurts like hell at first. <laughs> yeah. You've got to just crack on and get on with it. And the next one will feel pretty crappy, but you know it's worth it in the long haul. I think you two had a discussion in the past on one of the podcasts whereby you sort of said, you know, just allowing yourself that time in the gym, you feel so much better about yourself mentally and physically. You know, the yeah. fact that you put that work in, that effort, um, and you've not sort of sat on your ass, you've actually gone out and done something positive, yeah. uh, makes such a massive difference. And that's something I'm going to take into the rest of the year. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, there was a, a clip I saw from Will Smith, and he said, there's, there's two things that I do now. I make sure I do reading and running. He said, I do reading because I want to learn. And I do running because that's the only time of the day I spend alone with my thoughts. And running the head, the head in the voice in your head, sorry, when you're running is the worst because it says, that'll do. Turn back now. Yeah. You know, that, that, you know, you're fine. You've done enough. You can go back or, you know, you run on the block. And uh, you, you've got to kind of fight it all the way around to the end. But then at the end, you thank yourself for doing it. So it's crazy. And I used to love it. I used to be absolutely obsessed with running as you know i fell out of love with it for a long time because it became too serious it became that job so doing things for the love of it finding the passion is really the big thing isn't it because that's how you'll be happy um like like you know keep referring back to you alex you're going you're going to go through change now which is your passion so you've got to make sure like you keep the passion when you go through it rather than turning it into a chore because that's obviously how things change so what what big changes are you looking to to put into your life alex in 2022 just going back to what you said, like I've never, like I've never got in from a run and thought, oh damn, yeah, like, I've never, I've never got in and thought, oh why, do you know yeah, what I mean? It's so, it, so it's like euphoric, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it is. So yeah, I think, um, I think just putting all this together, like, I think, like we talk a lot about discipline and stuff. I think it's, it's, it's important not to beat yourself up as well like you know if you like Robbie you mentioned like Christmas and like having a bad Christmas putting a bit of timber on or whatever like like fair one do you know what I mean yeah. like 2021 was hard like it was it was hard and you know why shouldn't we indulge of a Christmas and you know like enjoy it like like yeah. you know like we deserve that but like you say, like as soon as you get back to the gym, you're like, right, I've earned, like, do you know what I mean? I need to earn this. Like, I need to. I've had a, I've had a Christmas where you know I did, you know, I did what I wanted to do, and now I, I need to, you know, get back into it. So you know, you've got to make that, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. In in kind of like a sick way, I kind of like look at it as I'm going to allow myself to get out of shape so I can then train to get back in shape because yeah. the process is such a good thing. Yeah, I'm the same. It, I think it's like a little, a little motivational factor in itself. Seeing yourself lose that weight that you put on, so it sort of pushes you that bit harder because you want to keep losing more and more and more. Mm. Yeah, okay. that we can often plateau, can't we? When we're going for a certain goal, we start, we kind of get into that. We do the three same sessions a week, push pull legs. You know, we're there doing that, and like that's what I do. And we don't add any weight on. We're, we're at the same point, so so pushing on. But it's kind of like a thing now. Then, so if you were given this this magic wand, right? We all we said about failure being a good thing, but but it, it could be often often quite scary. If you were told, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? What what's the one thing that you try and do over the next couple of years if you knew you couldn't fail? Uh, we'll go with Alex first. Ooh, I might need some finger time for that one. Could you repeat the question? Yeah, so, so if you were told that it's impossible for you to fail over the next two years, what would you do? And if you want, I can open up with 
with something. So give you both a bit of finger time because I put you on the spot there a little bit. Yeah. Um, I would probably try and try and go for a speaking kind of business, go into like public speaking. I'd love to do something like that. Um, because I, because it's it's scary. It's one of the things that make I'm the most scared about. Before the best man speech for you, Alex, I was the most scared I've ever been. Uh, it's terrifying, but it's great. Like you said about running, euphoric. So I love doing it because of the feeling afterwards, not the feeling before. Uh, it's kind of like, I, I mean, I can't, Rob, you know this because I can't relate to it, but it must be like kind of like jumping out of a plane. Uh, <laughs> that kind of metaphor, probably not to the extent because it must be a, Damn lot scary jumping out of an aeroplane, but like, yeah, that doing that before, like the feeling. So I'd probably try and go into that. Um, I did intentionally like kind of set up a business last year to kind of not to fail, but I knew it, I was just like, right, I want to experience what it's like, like the hardship, but it was never a long-term project. So I've been trying to do lots of short-term things to try and build it up, but it's about taking a dive, isn't it? So, um, yeah, who, 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 who would like to have a go? Do you want me to speak now, or yeah. are you happy? Alex? Are you ready, or um, are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You go, mate. I think there's a lot of ventures I'd like to branch off into. To be honest, if I knew, I, I mean, if it was foolproof and I knew I wasn't going to fail, and you watch so many other people fail at it, but I would like to invest in property uh, eventually, and maybe like a, a buy to let something like that. So I've got a regular income stream. It's very difficult market at the moment to get into. I think, I'd, you know, if you say you're definitely not going to fail, then that's fantastic. Yeah. I think right now, it's not the right time. Possibly one day in the future, I'd like to do that. And like you your own business is, is a lot of people's aspiration as well, but it's it's a very risky game to get into. A lot of startups, yeah. as you know, so, you know, it's, um, yeah, there's always a, an element of risk involved. It is. And I think it's scaling as well. Like, the thing is with mine, like I've run my coach, I had my coaching business mid twenties and I wouldn't say that the, the whole suit up thing was a business. It was just like, kind of like a Shopify thing, but, but neither of them, I lost money, but I didn't really gain much. So I didn't take huge losses. You've got to be prepared to take a huge loss, aren't you? If you want to scale. And the reason I never scaled was because I didn't take the risk. I played it too safe. So it's great. All great to say, Oh, well, I actually came out like, well, the, the the coaching business paid for my degree to teach, so it was it was a good kind of personal investment in the end. But I wouldn't have gone any further because, and then I, I knew I wouldn't have gone further in the next five ten years if I was still doing it now. Wouldn't have gone any further because I couldn't scale, and 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 having that magic wand of saying, "Look, you can't fail," is great. The you then flip it and go, "Well, I know failure is a possibility; it's a real possibility, but it teaches me a lot of things." So, so it might be for you, Rob. I mean, I, I'm not one to give you advice, but it could be that kind of like, I'm going to learn, I'm going to learn, I'm going to learn. And then when the market does come up, bam, I'm in. Because yeah. a lot of people go. That's, a lot that's, of, spot. that's what a lot. I'm doing, just waiting patiently, you know. Amazing. Because a lot of a lot of people go, oh, the market's looking quite good. I might consider property, right? Where do I start? And then it's like, well, actually, by the time you've learned, the opportunities have gone. So, yeah, yeah it's great that you're doing that right now. Um, and I, I honestly, yeah, wish you all the best and any help in my, you know I can give. Let me know, um, Alex. What what sort of thing then? If you you knew you couldn't fail, it was it wasn't a possibility. You could do whatever you want. I think it's closely related to what you you sort of touched upon this that sort of idea earlier for what you said about Seth Rogen. You know, what Joe, you said Joe about Rogan. Joe Rogan. I like Seth Rogan. <laughs> um. Like I think I've I've always had this idea in my head, right? You know, like celebrities, like they just get like programs made about them. Like you mentioned, yeah. like Michael Jordan, um, yeah. and you know Tiger Woods, um, you know, and you know even like the celebrities who like do bad things, you know, like Jeffrey Epstein. Like, yeah, there's so much attention on them, and like. It frustrates me, and you know, you know, people go, oh, "Celebrities die," like they feel like real personally lost, like aggrieved. Yeah, like I've always thought, like, and this is particularly like it's come to the fore like the last couple of years because, as a as a country, we're like, oh, we love the NHS and like we celebrate like the nurses, we clap from every Thursday, but like they've gone back now 
and like it's like it's just forgotten. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like do we is is a clap what they want? Like do, does that gain anything for them? Like I've always thought it'd be better. I'd I, the sort of TV I'd like to watch is about real people. So I've always thought of this idea of just having a documentary and calling it ordinary people and just going like filming someone's life for like a month and yeah. seeing what the real people have to go through. Because I yeah. think we all have this opinion of like celebrities, are oh, they like they they lead the life of luxury and great. But for me, like the real heroes of this country are the people that go to work every day, do the job, put food on the table for the family, provide, you know, mm. treat the partner with respect, give them gifts, treat, you know what I mean? Like, I just think I'd rather watch that a lot of time. than don't get me wrong, like, you mentioned The Last Dance with Michael Jordan. That was a fantastic documentary, probably one of my favourites. Mm. But I always thought it would be really nice if we could show someone who's, you know, grafting their artist on minimum wage. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's living in, he buys food from Lidl and Heron. You know, he doesn't he didn't go to expensive places. You know, I thought I'd really like to see that and how they do it and how they cope, like living on benefits and stuff. And yeah, yeah, like I'd yeah. I'd like to film that and as well, like I could be like the person who interviews them and asks mm. them about their mindset and their challenges, and you know, that's what I'd like to do. That's a great, it's a great thing, and there's been kind of like windows in that, but it's nothing that's really come to the fore in television. But the great thing about YouTube and and podcasting is like I think podcasting is a really useful social network because we have these kinds of discussions like intelligent conversations and we're not kind of just you know it's, you know I'm not wasting my life watching Love Island we're having chats about real things so it, it's fantastic and there yeah, that would be a great kind of thing which I'd be interested in watching for sure and um, there's something that actually would relate to my answer thinking about the magic wand thing but I would be really scared of doing it uh, and for a different reason to what you think, there's a documentary called 14 Peaks Project Possible. Have you seen it? With um, it's called Nims Perger. Yeah, uh, seen that yeah. on Netflix, isn't it? I haven't yeah. watched it, but I've seen it advertised. Incredible! It's the one of the best documentaries I've watched. It's about I think it's about 90 minutes long. Um, basically, he gets told it, the world record for climbing the 14 highest mountains in the world, which are in the death zone. So anything over, I don't want to get the um, the, the elevation incorrect but say let's say other you know eight thousand feet is um the 14 highest peaks is something like seven or eight years and he wanted to do it in seven months so he wanted to climb the 14 highest peaks in the world in seven months um and basically that's just going up so you know um with mountains you've got to have like acclimatization periods of climbing up to base camp you spend a couple of weeks there you go up to camp one you come back down you do rotations and you go camp one, camp two, camp three, summit. Um, and you always go down to base camp. Well, basically, he was just, as, as Robbie and I say, a complete cannon and just uh, murdered his way. And it's an incredible documentary. So many failures in there um, and just brilliant like to watch. Uh, and, and that made me think I'd be terrified of climbing Everest because what do you do after that? Like what happens after that? Because look at Tyson Fury. He, yeah. he, when he beat Klitschko, he was like, what now? So so for me, I would love to do it because I love mountains. I'd, I'd love climbing. If I was to ever get offered the chance, I'd probably do it. You know, barring the 60 grand it costs to get a permit and uh, do all the training beforehand. But I would be terrified at the same time because I'd think, what would I do? Like mentally, I think I would be so crushed because I'd think, I can't get better than this. So what would be so so it is a difficult thing, isn't it? Like thinking about your Everest, like what would be the ultimate? But is that sometimes worth having out there in front of you all the time? What what do you think, Rob? You've got to be like you've just pointed out, sixty grand is a hell of a lot of money to do it. You know, we'd all love to give it a go, I'm sure, but being realistic, it's you know, it's not necessarily something and all achieve. Yeah, I, I think it's amazing the people that do it and, and commit to it and raise them them sort of funds and 
to go ahead and put that takes a lot of discipline like we said before it takes a lot of hard work and effort determination to to pull off so fair play to whoever whoever can do that for me personally I move around a lot in terms of my interests and I think that's quite important like you mentioned about Tyson Fury he's obviously reached his goal of winning the world title and then he, he sort of fell apart after that because he didn't really know what what he was going to be inspired by next but he's found that inspiration in the end maybe through his family maybe through, um, you know, spending time with his loved ones or aiming towards another world title. He's, he's achieved quite a lot since then that he probably didn't think was possible. So there's always the next step. There's always something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always something else. That's a great way of looking at it. And, and Alex, sort of, let's, let's sort of compound on, on Robbie's point then about there being something else, having different interests. How important is it to have, rather than just having one girl? Because if you do get the girl it can be quite dangerous for your mindset. I think you got to look at the most, like you talk, we talk about success. Like you got to look at the people who are most successful. They, they, you know, they'll achieve one thing and they'll not rest on that. Um, they'll do something else. Richard Branson's like, for me, a good example of like at Virgin, like he just had ideas. Like he said, right, I'm going to go into my air travel now. And like, we're going to do that. Like now we're gonna do trains, and it's like it just like it just will drive and drive and drive until it so it happens. We mentioned Michael Jordan tonight. Like he was like the best basketball player of all time, but he still wasn't happy with that. He he tried his hand at baseball. Yeah, like and you know, arguably wasn't the most successful, but he still was trying something new. Um, and I think that hunger. Um, and that desire is what keeps us going. You know, you see a lot of people struggle when they hit retirement. Like, it's, you know, they need something to work on. Mm. That hunger and desire keeps us going, I think, as humans. So, you know, having a goal uh, or an aspiration or, or you mm. know, a desire is very important, no matter how, you know, small or huge it is. Yeah, exactly. So, so to wrap this up then, guys, what we're going to do, is have a little think about big piece of advice that you're going to give to you can have a give it to yourself. We're all, we're all sort of 30, 31 years of age now. Um, we've been, we obviously, Alex and I married this year. Rob, your, yours is coming up. Sorry, yeah. I was, was last year now. And Rob, yours is coming up this year. So we're going through big changes, aren't we? And um, it's probably quite strange to think if we were sat around a table recording a podcast as 18, 20 year olds, we probably wouldn't really envisage what we're going through now. So, so, so kind of think about advice you give to yourself. What would you give your advice to your 40 year old self? So the, the stuff that maybe have you done this yet? Or, you know, I hope that you've done this kind of think about what, what the listeners can take away next 10 years. What's the big advice? Um, I'll start us off to give you some time to think, Mine's probably going to be to kind of keep jumping through those hoops, those scary hoops, those, those rings of fire in the circus where you think this is dangerous, like this is, you know, this is scary. But to then go through it and keep going. Because um, I think the big thing now is I've dealt with, I've learned to deal with failure quite a lot. I've learned, I've learned that now. And I can kind of take it on the chin. And it, it does, it, I, I like the way I can kind of get it out of my system and be annoyed and then process it after. Because if you kind of bottle it up and you think, well, I, you know, I'm frustrated, but I'm going to keep it in, then you, you kind of like, it eats away at you. So get it out. I'm, I'm going to give myself 10, 15 seconds to get really, you know, emotional about the situation and I'm going to process it. Uh, and that's kind of how I've started to work. I want to keep jumping through the scary situations because I know the reward at the other side's coming out good. So I'm going to start thinking more long-term. Uh, I've started it this year with the... Uh, I've escalated the cold showers to the cold baths, three a week, ice baths. And oh my goodness, Tuesday morning, half past five, was the worst experience of my life so far. Uh, but coming out of it, I felt class. I just need to keep it up because if I, I know it's doing me good because I was at work and I was just like, right, what are we doing? Like, I was smashing it. So you've got to just keep going. But um, yeah, what, what, are you, what are you thinking, Rob? What's the, the piece of advice you can give yourself? And the listeners, I would give the advice to 
build build on basically what you said there, and and just uh, ensure that you've you've got goals set in mind. You know what the end goal is. You know what the target is, and you just aim towards it. And you keep moving on and through. Don't beat yourself up, as Alex said. I think that was a very important point. You know, not beating yourself up when things do go wrong, and as you say, when you fail. But just making sure you've got a goal and you aim towards it. If you don't hit it, you can always try again. But at least if you've got something to aim towards and you can sort of document your process, then you, you know exactly where you are and where you need to be. Yeah. And Alex? Well, I'm going to do two things. Firstly, get off your phone. Like, just get off it. Just put it down, put it away, put it in another room. Um, You know, like, even if it's like, like do an hour less a day, I think I'd achieve a lot more. Um, but the second thing is kind of a general thing. It's kind of like it's just going to be quite melt or wetty, you, you might think. But I always think, like, whenever I'm interacting with someone, I'm always thinking what what is their battle, what is going on in their life. And I will always try and support where possible. And, and I think, you know, we all get caught up sometimes in our own goals, our own aspirations. And as a society, we can put people down, um, you know, but really a lot of people are just trying the best. And I think there's a lot to be said um, about people coming together and achieving great things. So um, it would just be whatever interaction you have with other people around you, can that be a positive one? Yeah, leave them better than when mm. you found them, I suppose. Yeah, mm. that's great. Um, well, thank you both so much for coming on again. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've uh, I've loved it. I feel like these chats are really, you feel really positive afterwards. So it's been great to have you both on. Looking forward to the next time as well. I'm hoping that you'll both come back on again um, and be, be regulars on the Piper Cycle podcast. Thank you very much for joining us, guys. Thank it's been you. Great. Thank you. Watch me not stop though.